0: Welcome to Dropping In from Omega Institute. I'm Callie Alpert. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, our Rhinebeck, New York campus is temporarily closed, but we're still here for you. Now, instead of dropping in on campus in real time, we're dropping into our treasure trove of audio archives to offer you talks, teachings, and practices from some of Omega's most memorable workshops and conferences. In today's episode, from Omega's 2011 Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change retreat, Pema Chodron begins by inviting us to settle into the present, then offers a 12 minute talk on patience, coping with daily annoyances and swimming in the metaphorical middle of the river. So put some time aside for yourself, get comfortable, make sure you're not behind the wheel
1: and drop in. So as you come into the present moment uh, feel your body being right here in whatever condition it's in. Then feel the heart. A sense of embracing whatever is happening with you physically, emotionally, just coming into the present feeling the heart, and then we'll open to each other. So our subject this morning is patience. Uh, to uh, recollect, get in touch with the feeling of impatience or irritation. Uh, anything that, uh, any feeling of provoked. Uh, the point of this uh, recollection is not to re-traumatize yourself, but simply to touch in with an everyday kind of um, hook, everyday kind of Uh, impatience, irritation, miffed, irked, (laughs) (laughs) fed up, (laughs) disappointed. It's interesting how often the, the actually very tender feeling of disappointment hardens into anger. So using the three-step practice, which uh, I'm emphasizing as the main practice for staying in the middle of the river, uh, it would be the foundation also for being of help to other people or extending yourself to others or taking care of each other. I like really that phrase of taking care of each other. So it's the uh, foundation of your own happiness, this three-step practice, and, the, and that is the foundation for, taking, for caring about each other, taking care of each other. As if we were all in a leaking boat on that river, and rather than just uh, become selfish and want to save one's own skin, or want to save just you know the uh, loved one or loved ones that were with one. one. One looks out at everyone else on the boat, and we, everyone takes care of each other. And in that way, it's a much more chance that everybody um, continues on the journey down the river, even if it's in the water boatless. Somehow this image of being in the middle of the river doesn't really have a boat in it, in my, in my visualization. <laughs> hey, one way to get down the river safely, one way to stay in the middle is to have a big steam, you know, luxury liner. <laughs> uh, the, like cruise ship, you know? We're just doing fine in the middle of the river with you know all the swimming pools and food. And <laughs> uh, so that's a little like the uh, uh, gentleman's question last night about you know using uh, spirituality. He used the example of uh, underlining and writing down in the notebook every word in one of my books as a way to avoid having to really be in the present moment and feel something, like like clinging to the words of wisdom to save save one, um, rather than just opening to life, Um, letting go of all those words, or integrating those words so much into one's life um, that. Uh, you don't need the books anymore. In fact, there's a famous story about uh, Marpa, the translator, a Tibetan man. Oh, I don't know what century it was, but like the uh, 11th century, 12th century or something in Tibet. Um, I'm, I'm actually not remembering clearly exactly what his dates were. But he he at the in his fifties he walked from Tibet to India in order to get teachings, and everyone in his family wanted to go along with him and uh, or send someone to help him, and he refused any help and just set out alone. So he's always presented as a really tough guy, you know, <laughs> independent, and. Um, so what he did in India, uh, meeting his teacher, was that he collected texts, Sanskrit texts with all the words in them. So this would be like, you know, collecting all the Dharma, all the spiritual books, and just, you know, you have them all. And he was going to bring them back to Tibet with him and translate them all into Tibetan. He could read them. He read Sanskrit, but was going to translate them into Tibetan so all the Tibetan people could also read them. So he was really protecting these books. It was quite a took a lot of work to gather them, and uh, he, bringing them back was, uh, you know, very long, arduous journey. So he met up with a fellow traveler who had traveled with him, who was also there to collect texts, and. Uh, But he hadn't collected any, or he'd only collected a few. And he was quite jealous of what Marpa had done. So the two of them were going across a river in a boat on their way back to India. And the other fellow uh, somehow managed to tip the boat just enough that all of Marpa's texts went overboard and were lost. And later he said that was the most fortuitous thing that could have happened to him because all he was left with was what he had actually integrated into himself and really understood. So rather than clinging to the, word, the texts, he, he had already understood quite a lot and that's what he ended up taking back and communicating to others. So um, even though I'm sure he was very disappointed, not to mention angry when it happened... <laughs> Um, there's nothing in the story about him killing the other guy, <laughs> or even throwing him overboard, or anything, you know. <laughs> but um, so uh, uh, it's an interesting image, like what is clinging to the shore and what is being in the middle, and I think at a personal level, that's that's what. Uh, the question that I want to leave you all with, and we 'll explore it we 're exploring it during this short retreat. But if you took this question home with you and actually asked yourself at any given time whether you were clinging to the shore or uh, in the middle, staying in the middle of the river you you won 't always know but I think you get more and more. My experience is that you get more. It becomes more and more inescapable to yourself when you're hooked, when you're clinging, when you're uh, of, uh, acting out of fear and survival instincts, and when you're letting go and opening to the situation just as it is. So, in terms of the three-step process, three-step uh, practice. Uh, I recommend really uh, that how beneficial it is to do this practice throughout your life. So, for instance, just before you go into a meeting, particularly uh, you know if you're nervous about the meeting, uh, everyone you, we like to go in uh, clutching to our notes and all our little diagrams, and often we're not really there for the other people's presentations or looking at them. We're just preoccupied with what we're going to say and wanting to make sure that it it gets approved. And uh, not picking up the clues from what other people may be going through or feeling or no sense of timing or anything. So instead, before entering in, one could just uh, bring body and mind together. Be fully present physically. Be aware of your body, and then the mind being right present there with the body. Uh, Trimpermiche called it synchronizing body and mind. And it's the feeling of going into that meeting and claiming your warriorship as you go in, which is the process of being fully present and then feeling your heart. And uh, a a number of people have uh, told me recently who I've introduced this practice to um, uh, I think a really is maybe three in the last couple of weeks have reported to me uh, that they actually really touch their heart. When they feel themselves getting uh, 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 being f- fearful, groundless, provoked, anything like that, they come in- into the present, they uh, are f- fully uh, c- aware and mindful of their body, and their state of mind, their the energetic quality, uh, their emotions and thoughts, what, where they are, and then th- actually touching their heart uh, enables them to step into the next moment uh, with a clean slate, without an agenda, not knowing what's going to happen. They've prepared well, perhaps, for this meeting. They're very prepared. And then they just... Step into the next moment. And uh, the kind of, um, and I know people who this is how they start their day. They actually lie in bed and they, uh, when they wake up, and um, even if they have very little time, they check in with the body and mind, and then they touch their heart, and then open their eyes and leap out of bed and (laughs) go into their lives. with their cape flying behind them. (laughs) And a big S on their chest. (laughs) So, you can do it.
0: (laughs) Thank you for dropping in with us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please check out our many online learning opportunities Featuring more of your favorite teachers and thought leaders, visit the Learn Online section on eomega.org for more information. Dropping In is made possible in part by the support of Omega members. Help Omega remain a source of hope and healing, and receive special content, invitations, and discounts designed to support Omega's engaged community of members. Visit eomega.org slash membership today.